0: Today's episode is brought to you by Twin City Seed Company. Twin City Seed Company provides the highest quality grass seed money can buy using the top-rated cultivars according to trials from the National Turf Grass Evaluation Program. You can use the coupon code WINTER20 until the end of January for 20% off your next order. This is their biggest discount of the year, so get out there early and grab the seed for your next lawn project. Check them out at TwinCitySeed.com. From landscaping to pad- is in store because life is so much more than cut in the grass on the Lawn Dads Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Lawn Dads Podcast. My name is TJ, your adequate DIY lawn enthusiast and host. You can find me on all social media channels as at the Lawn Dad. Today, I've got a guest. You may know him as the guy who built a full golf hole in his backyard or the guy who hits driver off of his garage floor onto said golf course jeremy jeremy with spud run golf how you doing buddy
1: i'm good tj man it's pretty awesome to be on today it's came a long way from just uh being a grass nerd to to being on podcasts like this so it's it's spectacular yeah i can't wait to get into to what we can talk about today
0: absolutely i'm excited i i think we i mean we even chatted before this i mean I saw your videos a couple of years ago and it, it sort of what got me into being interested in putting a golf green in my backyard and, and taking care of golf course like grass. So you're kind of one of the ones that I have looked up to. So being on this podcast with you is just as equally as, as awesome as, as you think it is. So um, appreciate you and just what you've done for uh, the real mowing community and the golf slash hobby backyard golf course community so it's 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 equally as awesome to be here as well so tell us a little bit about yourself how you got into taking care of grass what gave you the idea of putting a full golf course or a golf hole in your backyard i know you've turned it into like a couple different holes from different angles and stuff so give us the story man
1: okay so well my name is jeremy i'm up here in cool season ohio uh, locally, I'm known as a father of four boys, a husband to my wife of twenty some years, awesome. and a small business owner. Nice. Uh, outside of my small town, like you mentioned, I'm known as Bud Run Golf, the crazy guy that built the, the backyard golf course on his property. Nice. Uh, and and I think it's important for listeners to know that I'm 45 years old. You know, if this was a visual podcast. I think they would see the wear in my face from the before mentioned stuff I just talked about.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, so I guess we're here to talk about grass and we'll touch on our, our backyard golf course, but I got my first push mower at the age of 16 and I was a hustler, man. I went out and I was, I was pushing my yards. I was knocking on doors and uh, at school, you know, I was the rich kid that cause I had some cash, you know, you hustle after school, Mm -hmm. And this is back uh, in in the mid-90s, there was not a lot of competition uh, for lawn care companies, whether it be mowing or, you know, treating lawns. So I got to say, I kind of got in the game at the right time, maybe. Um, Spent a little time working at some golf courses, you kind of part-time, really loved golf. Uh, When I kind of moved out of high school, I did go to college for a year. Um, I went for landscape architecture. Unfortunately, this is a maybe a bad statement, but I feel like that one year I spent it kind of set me back on some of my goals. That's just just my opinion, obviously. But and then interestingly enough, after after that year, I added some lawn care to to the mowing. So I so we're going back to the, the late 90s now. But I had this Chevy Creeper van, <laughs> Chevy Creeper cargo van. Man, I had my sprayer in it. You know, I had my push spreader, I had my fertilizers, I had my spray stuff, and uh, I'd done that for a couple summers, got up to a decent clientele, and and there again, I just, uh, not that I got tired of the grass part, TJ, I just got tired of the monotonous of every day going out and that being what I was doing. And at that time, I kind of got some equipment, uh, a mini backhoe, and, and started to move more towards uh, the construction side of of lawns and, and homes. And that's kind of what I've been doing ever since. It's been a it's been a crazy journey. I've really never worked for nobody. kind of always worked for myself. And to this day, we have a, a nice little construction company. Uh, so, yeah, uh, kind of talking more about the, the grass, that same golf course that I tinkered around with in high school, ended up getting on a golf board there in my mid-20s and served 15 years on that golf board. So it was really cool for me to kind of see the bottom end from that guy out there raking those bunkers to the guy up kind of the top uh, making those decisions. And it was nice to have that perspective from both ways, because I, I will say when you're at that bottom end, a lot of the decisions doesn't make sense. And from the top end, it's, it's easier to see that. So uh, before we kind of talk more about the golf hole and stuff, it's that's kind of the stepping stones that got me kind of into, into grass and it uh, continues to get me into grass and, and by no means am I an expert. Uh, and I don't think we need to be, to love, to love grass.
0: No, <laughs> no, nope. nope, not at all. It's a great hobby for all of us.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Yep. So, um, so started out kind of like from the bottom, you're on the golf board. Uh, so talk us through that decision of like, I mean, how on board was your wife with, uh, creating the golf, the golf hole in the backyard? Like what kind of spurred you to just be like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it.
1: Let's talk about the wife after we talk more about the golf (laughs) course. Let me tell you why.
0: Uh, that's going to be a is it a foreshadowing of the the dad hack at the the very end <laughs>
1: actually yes it is it it really is uh, all right so we'll cover that at the end uh so kind of some of the things we just talked about you know I feel like uh i prepared myself to do something cool like the, the backyard golf hole i actually in my mid twenties i wanted to it was my lifelong goal to to build and own a full size golf course i even went to the bank around the age of twenty five and Sit down with the bank the bank president. His name is Tom. I said, Tom, I was like, I want to build a golf course someday. I need the I need the loot, man. I was like, if what do I need to save to the age of 35 so I can have a golf course? How can I do that? And he sat down, he mapped it all out. And uh then once getting on that golf board and seeing more of the behind the scenes, seeing the financials, man, it kind of steered me away from actually wanting to have my own golf course. So so moving forward, fortunately for me, uh, our construction company, we have the, the bulldozers, tracos, dump trucks. I've spent a lot of time in the trenches, and I still do to this day, uh, running the equipment, working the shovel. And I kind of coupled uh, everything I've learned, including my passion for golf, into building this golf hole. And uh, you know, that's kind of what, what spawned the, the idea to, to build it. And by no means has it been an easy task at all. Um, Talking more about the golf hole, we have nine tee boxes. Uh, We have one 3,000 square foot bent grass green. My fairway, my immediate fairway and rough areas, they comprise of three and a half acres of turf-type tall fescue. So as we talk about lawns today, um, my lawn's a little extreme Um, (laughs) as far as Mm -hmm. maintainability and and what it takes to keep that all in the shape we like to see it. Yeah. Uh, In totals, I have... uh, So I roughly got around 3,000 square feet of bent grass for the green. Our tee boxes are of ryegrass, just a couple thousand square square feet of ryegrass. About the three and a half acres of Titan turf-type tall fescue for the fairway and rough. And then we've got some perimeter areas that's got a lot more shade. I've got fine fescue, so... Mm -hmm. I've got about the whole... Bag of seeds that you can have in pool season, America. Yeah, I've got them right here in the backyard golf hole, and they all—they're awesome. uh they're kind of like your children. They all have different needs and wants, and uh, you tend to them as you see fit and as they want. So, yeah,
0: that's cool. And uh,
1: I'd like yeah. to talk more about the golf hole. Is there, you know, any questions that you'd you'd
0: have about it? Well, I mean, for listeners who don't know who you are and have never seen the Spud Run Golf Channel or anything like that. We're not talking like a like a little backyard, so I personally in my videos i've got you know it's like 500 1,000 square foot green, but like my backyard is only about a half an acre when we say golf hole how 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 long is it like this is an actual you can take a driver <laughs> and drive this hole this isn't some like little small backyard golf hole this is a this is a grip it and rip it hole right
1: yeah, so I've always called it the backyard golf hole, but it really needs to be the backyard golf course. Yeah. We have nine tee boxes. We have three par threes. uh, Actually, four par threes, four par fours, and one par five. So we've got a par five that reaches out at 500 yards. So all these different tee boxes approach the green or the fairway at a different angle. Uh, Some take a fade, some take a draw, which gives it I know we're playing the same green, so you've got the same role as you you putt each hole. But as far as the approach, it gives it a different feel as you make your way around the nine holes, mm-hmm. which is which is really cool. So yeah, you can definitely stretch out and uh, and swing for the fences, so to speak.
0: Yeah, yep. that's awesome. And you've got, I mean, you even have a sand trap and everything, right? I, you just posted a video of uh, you doing the uh, building the sand trap.
1: Yes, so that's a. That was a great addition to the golf green was that sand trap and in itself it's almost 1400 square feet of sand trap so uh, the videos probably don't do it justice but it's it's quite the sand trap and Mm -hmm. you know as we move forward i've got several other things i want to do i feel like the nuts and bolts the brunt of the golf hole has been completed um as we do a few more capital improvement type projects i hope it gets easier you know the Mm -hmm. maintenance is my happy place I've said it before that, um, and, and I think most of us lawn guys are lawn guys and girls. I think we all are passionate enough that we don't see it as, as a task. It's not burdensome. It's not it's not really work. And that that really catches people off guard because that's a popular question I get. Uh, you know, how do you maintain that? I mean, it doesn't take a lot of time. Well, it does. But when I'm in town down in a big trench, working on a six inch sewer main. I, all I can think about is getting out there mowing or treating the, treating the property.
0: Yeah. And it's all a hobby too. I mean, uh, people, people will sit on a weekend and, and watch eight hours of Netflix or they'll watch, you know, each night before bed, they'll spend two, three hours watching a bunch of episodes of Netflix. And you can say yours and my Netflix is just being out working on the grass. Like it's, it's, you know, same amount of time, same amount of hours in the day. It's just different hobbies, you know? So I love that. Yeah. So any, any big that you can share, any big additions or any like big things that you want to put and improve the golf course at all that you want to share?
1: Oh yeah. I have no problem talking about my, uh, my future plans. The, the biggest plan I need to implement this spring is the irrigation around the green. Now, I've got irrigation on some of the tee boxes, but the green being, I mean, we're 350 yards away from uh, kind of the main, the garage and shop and stuff, so I do have water back there, but I've spent the last several years, the last three years, I reckon, dragging on hoses around. Um, so irrigation is on the hit list for sure. I've got to redo a couple of tee boxes. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely the irrigation and I'd like to get a little creative with the, what I call an approach to the green. Uh, get get something a little bit nicer because the green is a little bit elevated. And I'm kind of cruel in the fact that I would like it when you hit short. I want that ball to trickle back into the green.
0: <laughs> uh, one of those guys. <laughs>
1: yeah. But uh, kind of what I was just talking about the golf course and, and our average home homeowner with lawns. A couple of the things that I did not expect TJ, and I'm kind of working through them. You know how we have the social media? Maybe we'll touch on that too, but um, we have people that come out and golf. We have an Airbnb and they come and they stay and they play. Uh, local people come on the weekends or week evenings and play. That brings a new dynamic to my turf programs, my mowing, you know, because imagine you had somebody coming out to play. Lawn docks in your in your lawn at night or whatever, or or put or chip, um, that kind of comes into play a factor and it, it makes it more interesting sometimes. When I know I've got eight guys coming on a Saturday morning at eight, you know, sometimes I'm running with the headlamps to to feel like I've got the course presentable enough for them to play.
0: Yeah, but I mean you're a uh, superintendent at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool yeah. though. So you've got a, you've got an Airbnb that's on. So it's like golf course view, Airbnb, right?
1: No. So okay you cannot see the golf course from the BNB. Um, unfortunately, I guess, but we actually have two places to stay, two separate uh, places to stay here and people eat it up. Um, the biggest question I get is, you know, Hey, uh, we want to come stay in the Airbnb and we want to golf. Well, Believe it or not, that Airbnb, they stay busy without the golfers. So the biggest obstacle I have is sometimes people get on that bnb and they will book the b just expecting to play golf. And I'm like, hey, you got to contact me because, you know, they use the the fairway for weddings and pictures. And uh, so there's sometimes things going on here that I just, I don't want people here, you know. We, yeah. It's still our place, you know. So yeah. it's just always critical to find that balance. But uh the Airbnb has been fire. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the social media obviously helps. Um, and I just recently on Instagram had a uh, post to Kind of went a little cray cray, and man, it's it's a job keeping up with the, the social media sometimes. My God, yeah.
0: And is that that was that was the sand trap video that you just posted, right?
1: Yeah. So I, a lot of people have seen that, and they thought I just built it, but actually that was repurposed. two years ago so we've had that sand trap but um it was so it it, within 24 hours i think it's up to 1.3 million views that's awesome um, which you know in turn brings a lot of comments and uh, it's bringing eyes though to my backyard golf hole my backyard golf course excuse me (laughs) that uh you know hoping to get uh i like to i've always kind of started on youtube and i'd like to focus more on youtube but I think it's a handy tool to have in the bag, you know, to, to cover all platforms. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's also crazy, TJ, that that post, that sand trap post, it was basically me in 40 seconds. It was building a sand trap from start to finish. I mean, start to finish. I put it on Instagram, I put it on TikTok, I put it on Facebook and YouTube. So Instagram's up to 1.3 million. TikTok and Facebook's around 400,000 views. YouTube's got like, 1800 views the the platform i want to work the best
0: it's not crazy I mean, come on tell me
1: the secret brother
0: uh there's no secret man you just post <laughs> i wish there was if there was a secret then everybody be doing it it's just yeah. it's just something something resonates with certain viewers and some I, it's i don't know if you could tell me that'd be great
1: <laughs> well regardless uh i'm not disappointed it's uh it's obviously yeah. good to that's uh, so cool. You know what it feels like when you, you put the effort into these videos yeah. and uh, you see Absolutely. one actually pick up. And, and there are some negative comments for sure, but uh, the positives far outweigh. And uh, it makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside, like like yeah. you've done something
0: right. It's the appreciation for a hobby. Everybody wants appreciation, right? So oh, yeah. like you said, all the work that you put into it, somebody actually like appreciating it, viewing it and liking it, and even commenting saying, that's awesome. You're like, I know. Thanks i know it is
1: (laughs) that's funny on that on that post i introed something about uh putting a bunker on my backyard golf course you wouldn't believe the amount of comments i've had where people are disappointed because i thought i I was building like a doomsday bunker like i should have said sand trap i reckon or maybe the way i spoke of bunker and it confused people maybe that was better for the algorithm but
0: yeah, you're building a bunker and you got like all the conspiracy theorist people on there who are probably more apt to to comment anyways. So there you go. Maybe that's a secret. Maybe you just put a little conspiracy theorist or bunker talk in there and you're good.
1: Yeah, I've had people comment be like, Well, that's not gonna protect you from nothing. <laughs> yeah, I guess not.
0: Okay, that's internet gold right there. <laughs> it's yeah. like dad joke, dad joke ultimate right there. Yeah, uh, bring it. Yep. Um, okay. So awesome, man. I love, so everybody, whenever they come on the podcast, always ask their story. It's, it's so great to hear how people got started, where they got started and how they ended up on quite frankly, on a lawn, a lawn podcast. So it's, it's always great to hear people's story and and what they've got going on and especially your future plans and stuff. That's, that's awesome. So speaking of social media, Jeremy, well, how did you like, what prompted you to like post on YouTube and like start that channel and was it an immediate kind of takeoff or you just kind of just did it for fun so you could look back and enjoy and, and see kind of like the progression or what prompted you to kind of start posts on social media?
1: That's a very great question. And I'll start with four years ago. I wanted to buy a portable sawmill. You know, we have this big property with several good pieces of timber. I wanted to buy a sawmill so I could cut my own timber. So I searched the YouTubes up, brother. I was on YouTubes looking at sawmills and uh, like, well, that looks pretty easy. So I got me a sawmill. And I started recording myself sawing lumber, sawing logs. I mean, I was having a good old time. Wasn't getting a lot of views, but having a good time. We got to where we was getting a couple thousand views a video uh, here on the, the property, sawing logs, running the dozer. And it was about that time I was building the golf course or the, the golf green. So I'm like, sure, that's that's, that's a great, interesting project to build a golf green and and show the world how you do it. So I put it on that channel. It's called Karen Creek. And to this day, I think that video's got like 240 views on on the, it was on the wrong channel. So coming out of the spring or coming out of that winter, I was like, well, I'll just start a new channel and it'll be all about the golf hole. Nothing else. It won't be sawing logs or none of that. It'll just be about the golf hole. And And that's kind of where the the Spud Run Golf, the YouTube channel, started. And uh, so, unfortunately, we didn't get the the very first snippets in there. But we had what I think is interesting content to put out there. And as you know my age now, I feel like I'm a little old for this game. But it's been really fun learning the cameras, the editing software. And, I mean, I love a challenge. and. Uh, to me, at my age, some of this editing stuff, is there's no better challenges out there, man.
0: How did you get the name Spud Run Golf? How did that come about?
1: So we had a whole episode on that name. So I'll just give us the clip notes here today on the, on the podcast. But growing up, my friend right down the road, my best friend, still my best friend this day, has a potato farm. So they harvest well. they harvest corn beans, but they have a big selection of potatoes that they grow. And the farm's beautiful. I mean, just absolutely southern Ohio rolling hills. You could go back through the pastures and you could see a golf course. So as kids, we was always like, we're going to build a golf course here. We're going to call it Spud Run Golf. You know, spud is a potato, right? So we're going to call it Spud Run Golf. It's going to be right here. The course is already almost here, ready to go. So I would say as we got older and and realized that uh, that probably wasn't our our correct path or our, our dreams may have been shattered a little bit, I was like, well, hey, my buddy's name's Rod. I say, Rod. I said, How about I just build Spud Run right here in the backyard, baby? <laughs> that's so, awesome. <laughs> uh, it 100% had to be Spud
0: Run Golf. Uh, it couldn't be anything else. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great, man. So, this part of the podcast, I really love covering questions from our listeners. Jeremy, whether that's your listeners or myself, I always get a lot of questions. I'm sure you do too. If you do have a question for, Uh, my next guest or later on if you have a question for Jeremy about his what he's got going on his grass his golf hole definitely shoot him a message on social media but if you've got a question that we you'd like us to cover on this podcast you can always email me at the lawn dad's email at gmail.com and hopefully we'll be covering it with uh, the future guests so I've got two questions for us today first one is uh is coming from this one's from facebook messaging Hey, man, I've got some drainage issues and not quite sure what to do about it. I have neighbors on either side, so I can't send it there. It is really affecting my grass, and I cannot grow it due to the amount of water. Any ideas? Jeremy, you got any, uh, any ideas on some drainage?
1: So I think fortunately for me, I'm more professional in, in stuff like that than I am in grass sometimes. Yeah. Because we have been doing this type of work. Uh, that's where I actually go out and get, get you know, my, my job is getting paid to do stuff like this so i think that's a great question for me to tackle um and i think that question uh i don't think we had a, a location but i think it's got a lot to do with soil conditions too whether you have sand or or clay like we kind of do up here in ohio but i've seen plush lawns growing and sopping wet spots and lawns that the grass still looks good but the people just can't mow it all summer you know they can't mow it till september when it dries out um, but i think Basically, for a situation like we have here, I mean, you only have two options: you pipe it out, or you got to recorrect the the grade on top. And uh, you know, if you pipe it out, sometimes the neighbors kind of get a little excited. Now, if you just have a natural grade that that sheds the water, they don't get as excited. If if you have a four-inch pipe poked right out on the property line, Um, but. You know, I think luckily we don't see many issues like this that have elevation issues with neighbors, especially with modern plotting and subdivision requirements. Uh, So it's unfortunate to hear this, but the number one solution is always to gravity flow, you know, that pipe, if you can.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, What would be like a recommendation to like, when you say pipe it, so they can't go, obviously you can't put water on a neighbor's, neighbor's lawn or drain it that way. Do you just like dump it out in your street or? Uh, how, how would you, is there like a hole that you could dig to get rid of some water? I mean, I felt like, again, I felt like this was a great question for our podcast. Cause yeah, you do this sort of for a living. <laughs> so like, I feel like it's the best person to chat, <laughs> to chat with about.
1: In this scenario, if we have the elevation to where we can take that low spot, you know, we can put in a French drain or we can even put in the surface drain. If we can pipe that to either surface drain on the street, you know, on the curb um and a lot of times we've actually tied into the storm sewer so there should be a storm sewer out okay. in the street or near the street to where you can cut, tie into that um you'd mentioned just digging a hole well that's that's also very feasible to do like a rain garden type scenario where you're kind of going to lose that grass area but if you can incorporate some type of landscaping you know dig a hole with some uh put some finer gravels in it and then cap it off with you can use mulch uh, the biggest problem with that is if it's, if it's getting fed by a lot of watershed, it's still going to overflow. Um, and that's where I started this conversation with soil conditions, you know. Down south where it's sandy, that, that spot might dry out. But up here, if you get a low spot in the yard, it's going to hold water for weeks upon time. Yeah. That ultimately, if you want decent lawn area there, you need to get rid of that water. By one of the ways we just kind of discussed. Um, and, then, and last resort which we always hate to talk about this, but uh, you can mechanically pump it. So Mm -hmm. you can put in some type of sump pit that you can pump it to gain those elevations to get it out away from the neighbors, out to the street to where nobody's going to complain, but we hate to depend on that.
0: I thought you were going to say last resort, just move.
1: (laughs) That's a last, last resort. (laughs) That's like the super
0: last super last resort, just move, just move.
1: (laughs) Or by the neighbor's house, just (laughs) up it over there
0: pump it up and make it and in, turn it into a rental and pump it and make it their problem um yeah that's what i always tell people if if people are like man i got and this usually happens i wouldn't say usually but sometimes it happens like it downspouts or something like that well first off you want to make sure that your downspouts have kind of like a, a, a an extension on them you don't want it dropping straight at the foundation or dropping straight onto plants like you can point it elsewhere um But people are very scared to increase their landscaping. They're very scared to increase their beds. So maybe kind of like what you were talking about, having that drain or digging some sort of like, um, uh, what were you saying? Like a landscaping kind of area, making your landscaping beds a little bit bigger is okay. I know we're on a, a lawn podcast. You should have as much lawn as you can. But like, if it's close to landscaping, just make the landscaping a little bit bigger that will hide maybe some of that issue or um, again, you don't want to hide it. You want to get rid of water. So it'll allow you some options for drain covers or something like that, or, or figuring that out. So it's okay to, to increase your landscaping beds. So. Yeah.
1: And and the ultimate goal was we all, we all want nice, thick, healthy lawns. Unfortunately, these, these times, these days and age, when it comes time, when you, especially if you build a new house, mm-hmm. what suffers the most every time it's the, it's the budget at the end, which is yeah. your lawn
0: yeah.
1: and, uh, anytime I can get my hands in a new construction project, you know, we're, we're saving the topsoil first and foremost, before anybody gets on site, we want that topsoil saved. That's reclaim it for the end of the project. And that'll be 90% of your battles. If you've got good soils, obviously. Um. But it just doesn't happen. We get to the end of these projects, in the final grade, the soil is gone. You know, we're trying to plant grass on just rocks and clays and leftover concrete, and it's uh, that's. I hope for the best when people get done with the project, the budgets there or the the processes were done right, that they can start off with a good lawn because that's that's the foundation of your turf. Is, yeah, is the soil and the and the grade. And, uh, it just gets ultimately it gets screwed up way too much, man. Yeah. <laughs> way too much.
0: And maybe that's a good, uh, good kind of pointer, especially coming from a builder. So if you're looking to build your forever home or a home that you're, you're going to be living in for X number of years, and you have control over that final process of grading and stuff, make sure there's no pools of water right before you put down right before, before you put down seed or sod or whatever it is, check it go when it when it's pouring down rain go check it because if it's pooling when there's no grass there it's going to pool with with grass <laughs> i don't know what else to tell you <laughs> oh
1: yeah for sure and uh i think the folks that are listening today are they enjoy the grass and they want nice grass so hopefully they can be as hands on as they can be when it comes to uh especially the elevation of the home so you, the yeah. home sits up so we can get uh, you know drainage away from the nucleus for property and make sure that soil is salvaged so uh, you're not at the end of the project paying thousands of dollars yeah. to trucking soil that was, was there to start with.
0: Yeah. The wives love the bougie kitchens. The guys love the bougie yards. Guys, get the bougie yard. I don't
1: think i ever used the word
0: bougie. Come
1: on. Is that in the dictionary?
0: <laughs> Dude, you're an influencer now. You got to use the word bougie, right? Can you spell that? B-O-U-G-J-I-E. B-O-U-J-I-E. B-O-U-J-I-E. Bougie. We'll get bougie tonight. Come on. Oh, that's the wrong term.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Copy.
0: All right. On to the next question. So hopefully, hopefully that drainage question helped. I, I, I do get questions. This isn't the first question I've gotten about having water in your yard. So coming from a contractor, I hope that helps um helps solve that question or answers. Maybe some give some advice on for that person's question. So second question is uh heylon dad. What's up? I am new to taking care of my lawn and trying to figure out if I actually need an irrigation system or not. Is it necessary to have a beautiful lawn or just a nice thing to have? So irrigation, actually you touched on this. You want to put irrigation in your green. Um, do you, do you personally, so you're in the cool season. So you have the fescues, you've got the uh, turf type tall fescue, you've got the, the ryegrass, um, do do you personally, in your soil and conditions, need to have an irrigation system to have good grass?
1: For the last handful of years, we have been super fantastic up until mid August. Mid mm-hmm. uh, August is when the irrigation is going to come in handy. Ultimately, and and I got to think, if you've got a smaller lawn, uh, you know, a thousand square feet up to three thousand square feet. I think it's a no-brainer to put an irrigation in just so you have more control Um, there's chemicals that need watered in that you can use it for and then obviously just uh, getting those roots to grow deeper and and keeping the healthy lawn now can you get by without it yeah but it's all about what you want i mean i would have probably put in bluegrass in my fairway if i could irrigate the whole fairway Uh, so the different grass species, you know, we have different requirements. And the bluegrass would just suffer a little more than that uh, turf-type tall fescue. And I feel like I would have to have some irrigation to keep it up. So uh, I guess that's the, kind of the short answer is if you really, really want a beautiful lawn all growing season, you kind of need irrigation. Or you going to drag mm-hmm. around hoses.
0: Yeah, and that's not fun. It's just time. And you know, it, it, it all depends too on time. Like, do you want to be dragging around hoses? Because yeah, like you said, fertilizers, chemicals do have in their instructions on their labels to water this in after dry, after drying or water it in within 24 hours. And if you don't have rain coming, you're not following directions on those labels. And like you could burn your yard or you could damage your yard in some way. So. I yeah, you're right. It it kind of all depends. Do you want a beautiful lawn or just an okay lawn? And I f- I feel like irrigation, while not absolutely necessary, because you could have rains that are just perfectly timed and you could time all of your fertilizers perfectly right before a rain, but that's not real world. <laughs> We're on a lawn dad podcast. We're dads, so that means we have some sort of child, maybe, whether that's dogs, grass, kids, whatever it is. Um, so we have got a life outside of of grass stuff, so time and and you're saying about the one to three thousand square foot lawn, it's probably not that much. It's expensive, yes, one time, but how much is your time worth? Um, now, for you, somebody who's got you know five hundred yard par five in their back, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit more expensive to add irrigation. So it it does depend on how much you're trying to irrigate, right? So,
1: I've got a question for you about irrigation, TJ. All right, hit me. I talked to you about we're going to put an irrigation around the green this spring. So one of the troubles I, I have is the dew in the mornings on that bent yeah. grass. You know, that dew hanging around is not good for our, our disease pressures. I'm hoping that I can, with the limited time I have, maybe every other day. I, I, so I mow every couple of days. So maybe that irrigation can kick on first thing in the morning and maybe not dew off. Mm-hmm. As long as that, I feel like as long as that dew doesn't, redevelop I'm trying to I'm selling out to myself that hey this irrigation is going to also help me for disease
0: to keep the dew off yeah I've actually read that so great question yeah that's um so I've read that is is dew if you leave it on you have a higher percentage chance of fungus right when you water it It's taking larger water droplets and bringing those smaller water droplets because dew is very small water droplets the big water droplets from the irrigation are bringing that dew down into the soil see i have heard that if you can't get out there with a dew whip or or superintendents will yeah turn on the sprinklers every other day or whatever it is not water a lot but just enough to get the dew off and that's you know some say watering too much is bad and some say you don't you're not supposed to turn your irrigation Every other day for ten minutes. That's you're going to bring in fungus, but so will do. Leaving dew on your grass, that will also bring in fungus too. So I feel like of the two, the lesser of the evils is doing a small watering in the morning to take off that dew. So that's I've actually read that. So you're on to something.
1: we am going to find out summer twenty twenty four.
0: Your YouTube video channel is just all about how to take care of fungus.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dang it, TJ, Got so much (laughs) fungus because I've been turning on these sprinklers.
1: Yeah, that'll Um, be a whole new ball game for me is is learning. I'll have to relearn my watering for that bent grass green because the bent grass green, unlike most of our lawns, uh, we've got a drainage base underneath. Uh, It's a root zone material, that's mostly sand. So it's kind of designed so the water, I mean, you want to flood it and you want that 12 inches of root zone material to be flooded. And instead of holding that water, you know, it's going down to the drainage rock and then yeah. out. So yeah, uh, there's the bent grass journey has been pretty fun. And uh, most lawn podcasts, you don't talk about bent grass just because it's not a common homeowner turf Yeah, and there's a reason it's just, it's high maintenance, man.
0: I hear it's very high maintenance. So I'm in the transition zone. So actually there's a couple golf courses around me that do have bent grass. And I've actually talked to them and like, how hard is it? Because I would love to try and grow a bent grass green because as everybody knows, Bermuda goes dormant, whether that's dwarf Bermuda or normal Bermuda, it goes dormant. So it turns brown. But since I'm in the transition zone, I could do bent grass. And the common denominator answer (laughs) for when I ask, should I do a bent grass green They're like, you're going to be spending so much time on it. It is for a homeowner is so hard, especially in this transition zone. Like if you're not on it every single day, once you see fungus, it's way too late. Once you, once it dries out, it's too late. So there's a couple of things where it's like, you can, but it's very hard. So to, to even take care of a bent grass green, no matter where you're at, I hear is like really tough. So.
1: I think you're asking the wrong people, man. Ask me and I'm going to say, yes. I mean, look at all the content that can get you, even it's if true. it's a fail. It's I mean, true. It's a hundred percent fail. And, and the biggest thing with bent grass is like you said, up here in Ohio, we struggle the most when it's the hottest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got maybe a month. It's just extremely crazy, which you probably got three months. So yeah, it'd be triple as hard, but uh, definitely it's done down there. You're just going to have to stock up on the wetting agents and
0: fungicides and And those huge fans, yeah, those big green fans, someone said that you'd, you'd so I have to convince the wife that I have to get like this $10,000 fan put in, put in our front yard. I also have to talk to the HOA about that one too. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) not great. Um, So, so to go back to the question of the irrigation system, I think we kind of both agree if you want, if it's, it's smart to have not just to give the grass water because grass needs water. Rain rain happens. Usually rain is is typically enough for it to be a, a, a good yard. But it's also good to have for chemicals, for fertilizers, for all the above. So you don't need it, but it's definitely going to help you out. And if you keep on going with this lawn journey and you keep on getting further into it, it you, you might see that it's going to save you a lot of time. So hopefully that answer your question. Uh, thank you for ask, asking those. It is, it's a lot of fun, Jeremy. I think it's a lot of fun, kind of asking these questions on air, kind of live with each other, and just going back and forth. Again, we're not agronomists. We're not. Uh, we're we didn't get PhDs in soil or grass or anything like that. We're just DIY dudes, just kind of formulating a plan of what we would do, our opinions. So everything is an opinion, but um, it's fun to to talk about these things back and forth. So. So on this podcast, I always say, I would love to help you make your yard 10% better, at least 10% better. But another thing I'd like to do is help you be a 10% better dad or parent. So if I have done either of those things or both of those things, then you listening to the podcast, you can go back to your wife and say that you're learning a lot and you can keep on listening to us. So so Jeremy, this part of the, the podcast is, is on you, but dad hack of the week. So Jeremy, what's the official dad hack of the week this week?
1: Am I your oldest guest to date? 45 yes. years old? Yes. All right. So I've got the most experience, right?
0: The most experience.
1: Dad hack of the week. Well, I hope this was not too controversial. It's kind of a doubled standard as far as kids versus wife. As a father, I say, let them fail. Make them figure it out. The boys will say, I need this. All right, son. Go figure it out. I can't get this to work. All right. We'll go figure it out. Now, having said that, there is a time when you jump in and help them, but some of the most valuable lessons are during that time when they're trying to figure it out. They really are. Uh, But I've had four boys, or I have four boys ages 10 to 22. So I never had a girl to really soften that heart of mine to, so, so that, that, that statement, I just said, my dad hack might be a little aggressive, but let him figure it out. But on the flip side of this hack, TJ, if it's the wife, I need this, yes ma'am, I can't get this, yes ma'am, yes ma'am, yes ma'am. That's the flip side, so it's figured out for the boys and girls, yes ma'am on the wife. come on, that's how you roll. Hey, last last dad hack, and uh, this one's pretty serious for me, don't get too busy being a dad that you forget to be a son. That's all I got for you, man.
0: That's awesome, man. I was going to say for your first one, did you ever tell your wife to figure it out, or was that? was that before you learned that you need to say that, yes, ma'am?
1: <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it didn't end well.
0: <laughs> no, that's where you learned to say yes, ma'am. Okay. So yes, you do ma'am. that once. Okay. So for the new, the new dads, the new husbands, you figure that out one time. Yeah. And then it's yes, ma'am from there on out.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, ma'am.
0: That's great. And that's something I've got uh, a son who's one and a half and a daughter who's three. And even now my daughter's, you know, starting to talk and starting to, to, carry on conversations and stuff. And you don't want to give them everything, right? You don't want to say like, oh yeah, I'll give you this because then they grow up to be brats. But yeah, just saying like, no, you need to figure it out. Sorry. And watching them fail. I I can already see it at three and you've seen it. You know, your oldest son is 22. I can only imagine how far, how much further that's gotten them in life by just saying like, just figure it out, man, you got this instead of just doing it for them. I think that's great and then not not being uh in the doghouse from your wife, you know, for <laughs> not saying yes ma'am. <laughs> That's the uh, title
1: of the episode, yes ma'am.
0: Yes ma'am. That's great. That's going to be the title of the episode. You guys you guys just watched. Jeremy, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. I love getting to know Obviously, fellow people in the DIY lawn community, but also for you, you've done such a great job with your backyard. Uh, Any DIY lawn enthusiast can see your backyard and be like, man, that is amazing. So good job on that. But also just thanks for sharing your wealth of knowledge and, and the dad hack and everything that you've brought today. Really appreciated. So one more time to wrap it up. You've got the floor. Where can everybody find you on social media? And then also maybe share how they can find your Airbnb.
1: On social media, we're Spud Run Golf. Uh, across the board on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, just Spud Run Golf. Uh, it's handy to know my email, which is just Golf at gmail.com. I don't think we can confuse how to spell Spud Run Golf, so we'll roll with that. Um, <laughs> our Airbnb is a little little different, but uh, if you want to shoot me an email, I'll get you the link to the, to the B&B. It's already pretty much booked up this summer of 2024, believe it or not. So That's awesome. uh, As we've been talking, I've seen a couple emails come by. People want to stay. Uh, Thanks to, I guess, social media and and things like this. uh, It makes life easier to to rent out the BNB.
0: That's awesome. So renting the Airbnb thus in turn creates a way better golfing experience and more uh, the irrigation, the greens and all that stuff. So it just adds to the backyard green. I love it.
1: Hey, there's (laughs) been people that come out and uh, they don't want to golf. They just want to kind of... Watch me mow and you know, okay. I mean,
0: I'd be one of those guys. Sorry. It's not weird. <laughs> I'd, I'd say, Hey, can I, can I mow with you? That'd be awesome. Yeah. It's awesome experience.
1: So, I got one more story. I don't know if it's, it's too late in the game, but I'll, I'll tell That's you right. and you can yeah. keep it or not. But we have a subscribers tournament once a year to where I have 12 random people come from all over North America. They come from Canada this year, Texas, California, everywhere. So one of the things I do obviously is before the day starts, there's three days of action. You know, I get up early and I mow and and do a complete grooming of the course of sand trap tee boxes. Last year on Friday morning, it's 5.30 in the morning, I'm back there doing something on the green. And some guy just, he didn't have a flashlight or nothing. He's kind of out just watching. like, what in the world scared me? (laughs) This guy came from Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. He kind of got up and he was just, he wanted to see me in in action. He wanted to see this bug red guy in his element. And he saw it, scared the piss out of me, but it was all good. It was all good. And uh, it put a big smile on my face for that day. And it still That's does to awesome. this day.
0: I mean, that would be me too. And probably some of the listeners would be like, no, I'd rather just watch you mow or help you mow. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be fun. So yeah, Airbnb, if you want to stay, you can help Jeremy mow as well. I mean, there's there's a million things you can do there. But thanks again, Jeremy. It's great, great being with you. Great chatting with you. Listeners, if you have any questions or have any comments or want to be on the podcast, shoot me an email at email at gmail.com. Have a great Thursday. Jeremy, have a great weekend. Everybody have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you we'll next time. Talk soon.